You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Matt Moore from the Action Network, senior NBA writer. Joined, as always, by Adam Mares from DNVR, my co-host, my compadre, my good friend, as we talk about the Nuggets victory over the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if I would say that this was closer than it needed to be or was appropriately a solid win, uh, but it was an interesting win. A lot of interesting things actually happened in this game that I thought were notable. Lots to talk about. We'll also talk about the playoff picture in the Western Conference because more developments in that on Tuesday. A lot of things kind of shook up. We'll talk about those things as it goes every on. Night, every night they shake up. It's just like every night I'm like, oh, okay, this is probably what's going to happen. And then one night goes through and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there's two, <laughs> it's kind of funny because people are asking me like, why do you pay so much attention? I'm like, cause this is like, these decisions wind up shaping so much more than people realize. Cause it's like, if you get the wrong matchup, you go, for, there are teams I am pretty convinced would have pulled up, pull, pulled off huge upsets and maybe shook up the narrative of a pretty static NBA, but they got the wrong matchups. And sometimes yeah. there are like, teams that are destined for titles that get the wrong matchup. So like this stuff matters. Like one game can be the differential. If the, the Lakers beat the Knicks in overtime, that game can wind up deciding the NBA title. Like there are ways that that can happen. And even short of the title, you know, if you look at the George Carl years, the Carmelo Anthony years, I felt like they hit bad draws almost every single year. Like, I don't, I don't think that they had uh, the stories, all those first round exits and couldn't get it done in the playoffs. But I really do think they hit their worst matchup almost every single season. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you get the right matchups, then you're the Toronto Raptors. Like that's how it goes. Yep. So let's talk about a good matchup for the Nuggets tonight, which was the starters in the first quarter where they were absolutely electric, a dominant first quarter for the Denver Nuggets, a huge lead. The ball was popping Porter Jr. was absolutely rolling. Jokic played well. Austin Rivers was hitting shots. Baco Composa was playing great defense and making things happen with brilliant passes through multiple defenders, full court. Great start to the game by the Nuggets in this one. Yeah, and I think you could almost break this game into two parts. There was the great start. And how many times now have we seen, I was going through the list, the Knicks game, the Jazz game, the Nets game. There's been a lot of really good first quarters, so much so that it's become a trend, and it makes you wonder if there's something to that trend that we should read into. Um, but Michael Porter's shot-making, his confidence, his rhythm, everything in that first quarter was fantastic, and uh, it's hard to not be encouraged by what you saw. That's why I say we almost put that in a box, and then we put the other three quarters in a box because they were nothing alike. One thing that's really amazing about Porter is his rhythm is entirely separate from every other rhythm, like not every other, for about 95% of the rhythm of the league. A good rhythm catch and shoot is one in which the ball lands in your pocket, you're able to smoothly catch it, go into your shooting motion, stay in the same place, perfect your motion, and knock down an unobstructed, uncontested shot. For Porter, there were times tonight when he ball faked to get the opponent away, reset, and then launched. And that's an in-rhythm shot for him. Like, I don't think that that, like, those were not bad shots by him. There were shots where he he sidestepped, even though the guy was there and contested, 
and it's still really like it's entirely oh, the one you're talking it, about it's like a third or fourth quarter one where he has an open three and he passed it up yep sidesteps gets open passes that up shot fakes and then ju- shoot and then shoots it he somehow got worse looks as the went on and then made it so it yeah. was really bizarre the the quality of the look i don't think has much to do with whether or not he makes it mm. like it's more about it's more about is he in the spot that he wants to get to or that he needs to get to and is he in control of the ball and if both of those things are true then it's a good look for him make or miss and there are just like the list of guys that I can ascribe that quality to is short. Yeah. I mean, it's short. Let me ask you this. Cause the KD comparisons obviously come up a lot and I think they're silly, but there's one thing that they both have that is important, which is that height. And I wonder if you think, I, I don't know if I, if this is a take, I actually believe, but it's something I'm kind of thinking about. I, when it just comes to jump shooting, I feel like Porter uses his height a little bit better than KD. Like KD has all these moves and, and footwork or whatever, but Porter's really good at just jumping over whoever it is that's in front of him and getting the shot off. And the release points high. Like, yeah, and he, yeah. these things matter because like, look, if you're, if you're bringing, if you're jumping and you're bringing that ball upward, guys are just going to swipe down on it. Like it, you will just get it knocked loose like all the time. And he's able to very, he's able to navigate because that's one of the amazing things. Oftentimes he is moving the ball like around an opponent's hands to locate to his shot form. And once it's there, there's nothing obstructing it because he is 6'10". Like the KD comparison, I understand why there's resistance to that. I don't think... um, KD, I think what I'm getting at is KD uses moves. So it's always like, does the move work? And then if it doesn't, he'll shoot a little fall away. But Porter just sometimes just shoots. And it's like, I'm so tall yeah. that it doesn't matter. I don't know. So I think I think the, what I'm trying to say is qualitatively, Kevin Durant and, and Michael Porter Jr. are not similar. Quantitatively, in being 6'10 or taller, 50, yeah. 40, 90 shooters. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that, <laughs> you could talk about unicorns all you want but a 6 10 50 40 90 shooter that is the unicorn like that because it's unguardable like it's just not defendable with 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 the i guess we should add athleticism because there is the guys that are like um you know there's some tall like spot up shooters that just run around your corvers i know he's not quite 6 10 but there's channing fries or whatever the world but the guys that but their ability to also just be this athletic threat and coordinated threat you know they, they move like guards or wings or whatever so that that's sort of the difference there really is just those two i don't know who else is in that like brandon ingram a little bit but he's not the shooter that either of those two guys are he's not he's not and he's actually um, not quite as tall or long 30 points 12 of 18 shooting six of 10 from three six boards one assist two steal did have five turnovers 35 minutes tonight plus 23 best on the team incredible performance from mpj just everything that you would have hoped for to start the season mpj has become he's been the leader in plus minus raw plus minus quite a bit and we've talked about some of the reasons for that but it is funny that it was another night when he's on the court they seem to be humming and by the way if we just go to that first quarter it's so funny you look at the offensive ratings Jokic and michael porter 163 165 respectively and then you go to the bench monte 
Paul Millsap, 33. I mean, it's only two minutes, but four and a half minutes for Monte and Jermichael, an 80 offensive rating. This first quarter, even just the little bits between starters and bench, couldn't have been more different. The starters couldn't not score. They scored every time. The bench barely could get the ball in the basket. Uh, it was interesting uh, the way the rotation shook out. Um, I'm not even kidding on this. Like I am the at this point, I am the la- the I am the biggest Cody Zeller fan, including his family. I root. I I think Cody Zeller is better than his family thinks he is, but. <laughs> there's all these numbers I have stacked away for a Hornets potential play a playoff series that involved Cody Zeller um, him. I was actually really shocked that Borrego played Biombo first, like this, yeah. this among all games, this among all games was the one to start Zeller. Like you, you definitely want to play Zeller versus Jokic. Like that's what you want to do. I would even, I would put it the other way. You don't want to play Biombo. I don't think Zeller is necessarily anything special, you know, like for Jokic. But when you get Biombo, who's just like four inches shorter than Jokic, it's just a no hoper. He's yeah. just too small. You can't play small against Yoke. Well, not only that, but like um, it's it's less about like what Zeller could do versus Jokic, but like smart player swipes down. May, like he made plays in passing lanes, even when because they switch everything. That's the the secret with Charlotte. That's why Charlotte. Everyone's like, oh, Charlotte needs centers because they get killed on rebounds, and I'm always like. They get killed on rebounds because they switch everything. That's mm. why they get killed on rebounds. Um, they switch everything. And Zeller did a really good job on all those other players. And, was able, and offensively was like being the connector and doing these things. But the other thing is just like, you know, he, he really, I thought, helped that Charlotte second unit get going. Um, Charlotte was going to get back in the game. They were a good three-point shooting team. I'm not surprised they made a run. Um, the bench is, you know, we, we've seen it. Like the bench has been good. The bench has been bad. Like it's had good nights and bad nights. It's kind of all over the place. I'm most interested in the fact that once again, the starters get out this massive lead. The bench gives it all back. Literally it's a one point game in the second quarter. And again, like the starters come back in and they don't like, you would think like, Oh, the starters will come back in and get hold of this. And that's not really what happened. Like the starters kind of like the starters struggle in these. I, well, here's a question I have for you. Do you think it's just that the starters can't sustainably play awesome basketball? Like you just can't come out there and like, destroy a team in these two separate stints or is it do you think that there's something connected because like i wonder if there's something connected to the like really we went by 20 and you guys can't hold a double digit lead for six friggin minutes well Jokic was definitely annoyed tonight i thought after that first stint um and i do think i mean look they were a plus 18 all those guys when the bench came in and so it wasn't like they were up by 10 you know a 10 point lead in one stint is is massive 18 is like we talked about this the other night against the knicks that Jokic was so dominant in that first quarter that no other quarter mattered. But tonight you notice they're like, yeah, they do because you could blow a 20 point lead in one, one sort of stint. Cause that's what Denver did tonight. Um, so I think they were annoyed, but to me, the bench has been good lately. The reason it wasn't good tonight probably was in part because of the return of Monte Morris and which meant a, a different bench rotation, not that he necessarily played poorly or this or that. It was just different. Jokic came out earlier there was no Michael Porter to lift that second unit. It was just, it was just different. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious what he's doing with the bench minutes. I, I'm just, I'm really curious what he's doing with the bench minutes because um, I would think that he would want to stagger a little bit more, even if it makes the starters a little less dangerous in this stretch. Like I would want to see how Porter Gordon 
who's great tonight, by the way. Um, Rivers, Morris, look. Like, I would want to – because in the playoffs, you're going to want to stagger. Like, you're not going to – like, you are not going to want – you can't – you absolutely cannot have an all-five bench unit on the floor at any time in the playoff series. Like, that cannot happen. Um, I, I understand that he's still doing some regular season rotations, and especially he's trying to get the minutes – like down like i think that they played Jokic 32 57 and porter 34 because yeah. this one clinched top four seed like right. i right. expect drastically different rotations in the final three games yeah we'll talk about um, some of the we'll talk about some of that later too because now you look at that three seed maybe less enticing but we'll, we'll right see. right so but like i mean i will say like every single time i notice one of these bench annihilations vlaco tends to be on the court which i don't blame him for Right. Like Vlaco should not be at this, like at this rotation level. I don't think yet, but and it wasn't just him by any means. There were bad plays, but it wasn't just him by any means. But like in the first, like we literally seven Oh eight to minus 13, like guy outscored by 13 points in seven in, in those in just that seven minute stretch, which was all by the way, end of first start of second. Yeah. And I know you can't do this because it doesn't make sense, but if you do cut out that seven minute stretch, it wasn't just him. That was the second unit's first stint. If you just cut out that stint, Denver wins this one by 20. Yeah. So it was, or, or call it even or whatever. So um, I, I just think that it's going to be a storyline probably for these last three games. And it's tough that I don't know how competitive these will be or how much urgency the team will feel, but I do. This is the thing we thought about when Monte Morris comes back, all of a sudden you change what you had gotten familiar with over the last three weeks. And how long does it take for you to reestablish that identity and the rotation and everybody's expectations clearly more than one game. Um, I'm also just a little like Zeke is, is available. Yeah. And yet not like I, I would, you need a wing. I would think that Zeke Naji is, has earned, like he played well this season. Like I'm a little surprised that he hasn't gotten minutes. And I'll, I'll also say like, I just, if, if it's a playoff series and you're like, we got to scr- like somebody's, do you have another injury? God forbid. And you got to scrounge up a few, three minutes. I honestly, like I'm going to bowl. I just, <laughs> I think, I think you have a better chance there. At least bowl bends things with some of his skills. Um, so I just think that this is all, but in general, don't want to take away from it. Like, look, bad second quarter, right. Bad, like real bad, really bad, really, really bad second quarter. But like if we take it like the, the a step back, they win the first quarter by 12. They win the, the third quarter by two and they time in the third and they walk away with a five point win, which it didn't necessarily feel all that much. Like the Hornets were going to win. They came, they made a good push at the end, but I, I felt the nuggets play well. Jokic played great. MPJ played great. And they clinched the four seed. So pretty good one. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back and um, let's talk a little bit about, Paco Campazzo and how another great night for him. We'll talk about uh, Austin Rivers and we will start dipping a little bit into the playoff picture when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, got to tell you about Locker Room, who sponsors this podcast. And we are on Locker Room every Friday for your Friday mailbag at noon. Join us on the Locker Room app. We'll take your questions. You can jump in and Give us your thoughts and feelings. There'll be a lot to talk about on Friday going into the final game of the regulars, or I guess two final two games of the regular season. Um, and you'll be able to get a sense of 
where the Nuggets are at in the playoff standings and exactly what they're going to want to do with that last game versus the Blazers. The app's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. So uh, it's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Here's a fun one. Go jump in some of the other Western Conference teams that you hate and just jump in their locker rooms post-game. That's a fun experience, I can tell you. You will have a chance to chat with Adam and I, and you might even have a chance to be featured on Locked On Nuggets. Be sure to join us this week. We'll be hosting a room on Friday at noon. Join us there. Download Locker Room today. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Matt Moore alongside Adam Mares. Uh, Adam, another great game from Paco Campazzo. And uh, after the game, Monte Morris was asked about starting and his minutes. And he said, you know, I'm going to be on a minutes restriction for a while. And he's got no, no, he doesn't feel any need to start, especially with how well Faco Campazzo is playing. Pretty great at Monte um, for how he's been. Like, he's been a rock for this team for so long. And for him to be like, no, no, Faco's playing great. Like, that works. He did I this even before he got the hamstring injury. He did this, if you recall, saying, hey, I've been running that bench unit. Why don't we just keep it consistent and, and I'll go over there and let Faku start. So, um, you know, no questioning Monte and, the, you know, his ability and willingness to be a team player. And to be honest with you, Matt, if I had, if, if, if no feelings are hurt, I still think I might start Faku with that first unit. I might, closing is a different story. Who closes? I think you have to be a little bit more feel the game out, but I kind of mm-hmm. like the way Denver's first unit is rolling. I mean, this is four or five in a row first quarters where they've really gotten off to great starts. I mean, he's playing great. Like I, I think I I've said this consistently. I think he plays well with Jokic. I think he struggles without Jokic. I think Morris can play well either one. So that makes a lot of sense for him to start. I also think he's played awesome. And I think he's earned it. Um, I also think we're in a, in a spot where it's just like, look, um, the nuggets are going to challenge teams and say like, yeah, we're, we're playing the five, nine guy. If you want to target him, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll see how that works out. And if it works out, then the nuggets will have like, that will really change the series. The other thing I'll say is if you spend too much, it's always interesting in playoff series because you have to find this balance between attacking a weak point, but not doing it outside of the context of your offense. Like this is like a really delicate thing you have to manage. There are teams that will specifically match up hunt, but they're not equipped to do it. So it just takes them out of what they do well. Like, I honestly don't think that, uh, would you agree with me that the Nuggets aren't really well built to challenge like specific matchups? Like, I mean, it's I, really more generating switches and then going yeah. to Jokic or Murray, you know, at one point, but yeah, they're not, they're not, Ooh, look at who they don't have on or who, who they're playing. We're going to go to Aaron Gordon this time or this or that. Yeah. It's not, it's not really like that. One right. thing though, I'll say about Faku, you know, LeBron can take advantage of him. Luca probably can take advantage of him. There's guys like that that can, but if you're talking about, you're trying to say, oh, CJ McCollum, you go at him. I'm not sure if that's a big enough mismatch. Like, oh, we're going to post up CJ McCollum now. Faku does do some crafty things. Pulled, had a great pull of the chair, uh, you know, tonight when he was getting posted up. He gets physically so quick. Um, your big elite stars, I think, can do it. But if teams want to post up Jordan Clarkson on him a bunch of times, I'd, I'd say go for it. They also can, right? And the other thing is, like, Luke is really emotional. He's still a young guy, yeah. and he gets really fired up when he doesn't get calls. And he doesn't get called – like, he does not get calls as often as he wants to. And, honestly, there's some data that suggests he's right on that. But, like, he's very temperamental. It's one of the reasons he's up against the tech limit. So, like, I don't think putting Luke on – or putting Composo on him and, and just saying, like, 
you know what? If Luca, you know, you blitz him, I think you still blitz him. Oh, of, sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You're sending you the ball out of his hands. But once you get the ball out of his hands, you want ball denial and ball denial length helps, but it's also speed to being able to keep him in front of you at all times. And Composo can do that and frustrate him and annoy him. And that like, winning those little battles, I think are good. Um, the CJ one, I think will be an interesting challenge. Like, I think that'll be a, a really interesting challenge because like, honestly, I don't even really know what you do there. If it's, if it's blazers, which it may be like right now, it'd be blazers. Um, do you, do you, I mean, we assume Will Barton's going to be back. If he's I don't not, that. okay. If you don't assume that, let's assume that he's not back. Let's let's assume he's not back. Um, you start Rivers. You put Rivers on Dame. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we start getting into these things. I have no idea. I, yeah, I mean, I think so, I think probably Faku, but I I mean, it's tough. Yeah, and so like, there's not great matchups, but look, I also think that this team is a little bit grittier defensively. Yeah, they are for sure just in general, they're just a little bit grittier defensively than, than they, they were a couple of years ago. And so like the matchups are going to be different and, you know, we'll see how it works out, but Composos played great. Um, really good game from Aaron Gordon. I thought it was notable that they got Gordon going in transition. Um, I thought that, that having him be the point of attack on a lot of these outlets is a good way to use him. I don't know how usable it's going to be in a playoff series how, with how slow everything ground, grinds down. You want to value possessions, but if you've got the opportunity, I do think getting Gordon the ball in transition and letting him work is a pretty good way to get him going, at least. Yeah, I mean, he was just springy today, I thought, a little bit more so than usual. I mean, he even took 14 shots, which has been a while since he's taken that many. Um, and just attacking the basket, which I like to see. It, it seems like so much of his game is is finesse and this or that. And with his athleticism, you'd love to see him at the restricted area. Tonight, he was almost exclusively at the at the restricted area. So... I, I hope that trend continues. I like how some nights the Jamichael Green Paul Millsap combo is absolutely horrendous, and some nights it's fine. I just, yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know well, how you. The second unit, I have to be like, okay, you get, we got to give him grace period, and it might be the entire rest of this regular season to give him that as they figure it out. And to me, that was it. Millsap, by the way, sneaky more reliable right now as a isolation score than he has been in a long time. And it's been, a, yeah. it's been several games now, even tonight, he had a couple of really nice one-on-one -on -one moves. By the way, look, I don't mean to pick on the guy, but I just, I got to note this second half, no Vlako Chanchar, uh, Jamichael Green was a plus three, Paul Millsap plus six. Yeah. So like. That I mean, first unit was not it, man. That, that yeah, first yeah. second unit. I mean, you replace Chanchar, honestly, you replace him with a little bit with Marcus Howard. Yeah. And it was fine. Yeah, it was rough, but it's okay. Um, anything else from this game that really stands out to you? I mean, I mean, we're not even talking about Joker, which is wild because, I like, I'm just trying to imagine like four years ago if you know Joker had a 30 point, 11 rebounds, six assist team, six assist game on a road game. What how would be reacting? Like, well, so there is an important Joker point here, and that is that he took 17 free throws. Now, some of those were technicals. I think four of them. Yeah. But even if you just say 13 free throws, that's a lot. And if you go and look at his last 10 games, he's actually taking a lot of free throws. I mean, he's been in double figures and free throws, I think, four of the okay. last nine games. That's good. But I, I just wonder what, if you think there's something to that. If, if when you're watching him, you feel like maybe he's looking to get contact more than before. I mean, I wonder. I, I, I don't think he's looking for it anymore. I think that the frustration level probably is boiled over and at some point these things have probably gotten to somebody in the league office. Like I think the, the nuggets have sent the right amount of examples and letters and stuff to finally start calling them. I think, look, I think tonight uh, in particular was um, 
the again the hornets switch a lot right so it's not just that you've got smaller guys on him sometimes the bigger thing honestly was that if you're switching everything you're not dropping which meant that the paint was open which that you know, joke was driving to the rim right, right. and if, yeah. and if you're and if you're driving without a secondary help defender you're going to have to foul him because he's too quick now for you to be able to just recover and block his shot. And he's also huge and you got to be able to do that. Um, and you can't handle his size either and you can't handle how quick he is. So I think the, the scheme particular contributed to this, but the fact that you've noticed an upward trend, that's a really positive sign and something the Nuggets can take forward. I think it's, I think it's purposeful. And I think it, I, I think he's maybe, figuring something out there so i'm curious to see if it continues it'll be one thing to kind of keep our eye on the other thing of course that we kind of only briefly mentioned here michael porter 23 points in the first half just seven in the second and that's a trend that's also sort of been consistent over the last handful of games great starts especially first quarters but tails off a little bit i just wonder if you have any thoughts on on why that might be i don't have any thoughts yeah i have to really dig in i think um i wonder I wonder if there isn't an adaptation period. I also think that he comes out kind of jacked up sometimes. And that's one of the reasons like the things kind of fluctuate. So I don't know. I'd have to, I don't have a thought. Do you have any sort of thoughts on it? My only thought is, you know, I wonder when you're playing games in the regular season, teams obviously don't prepare, you know, you have a, you have a a scouting report or whatever, but I I wonder if there's something to, as teams sort of figure out like, Hey, okay, this is the guy we got to mark him and overhelp here if they had just in game, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I would love for him to have a big second half, actually a couple big second halves here in the final games, because it has become a trend that I'm at this point. I think you have to kind of say, okay, that's happening. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Western conference playoff picture and where the nuggets stand. Cause I'm getting lots of questions from nuggets fans about uh, what they should want and what they should root for. We'll do that when we come back on locked on nuggets, but first let's talk about RockAuto.com. Uh, with the ever-inclusive number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain store. And if you go there, you're going to get different prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. But you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and doesn't require membership or an account login. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I, in fact, uh, did bet on the Nuggets first half. And they pushed, but the good news was I had them in a round robin. And so that helped me out tonight. Bet Online has the greatest in baseball, NBA, NHL, and all UFC and MMA action odds. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N. Thank you. 
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, when and where will the A's move? That's the question of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Final segment here with Adam Marez back on Locked On Nuggets. Adam, do you have questions about the Western Conference playoff picture or do you feel like you know it? Because if you have any questions, I can recite them to you by memory. I am on point right now. I'm in my zone, my friend. So I don't have questions about about how it works. I have more questions about what you think is going to happen because right now the Lakers are a game back of both Dallas and Portland. And if you look at Portland's schedule, all tough ones at Utah at Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. So they have those in a row starting tomorrow. And then obviously Denver at the very end. So it looks like the Lakers, you can maybe go over the, the, the tiebreakers again with Portland specifically. Dallas has three, not gimmies, but three bad teams. They, I, you know, teams that might be tanking, but Portland is the one I look at to think, could the Lakers possibly sneak up to the sixth seed now? Okay. So here's the deal. The Lakers, if they're going to move up, have to pass a team outright. They lose both head to head with both Dallas and Portland, and they lose the three-way tiebreaker. There is no chance of the teams being tied and the Lakers moving up. They have to pass them outright. So the, the reason we're updating this, by the way, is that tonight the Mavericks got smacked by the Grizzlies and, yeah, the Lakers, and the Lakers won against the Knicks in comeback fashion. Yeah. So it's now possible for like if the Mavericks lose one more and the Blazers lose one more and the Lakers were to go three and oh, then if, if Mavs two and one, Blazers two and one, Lakers three and oh, then they're all tied but then nothing changes. The Lakers stay in the seven because Mavericks uh, win because they are the division winner of the Southwest division. That's first tiebreaker and a three-way tie. They go five nuggets. If they stay in four, we'll get to that in a second would play Mavericks. Um, Blazers have head to head over the Lakers. So they go six and the Lakers stay at seven. The Lakers have to pass these teams outright. So Port- Lakers will have to go three and zero. Oh. And one of Portland or Dallas would have to go one and two, meaning losing two of their last three, which for Dallas, I just, I mean, it could happen, of course, but I don't see it happening. For Portland is the one where at Utah, at Phoenix, then against Denver. It, I mean, it's possible. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, that that I think is is actually possible. I also like, look, I just think don't discount the Mavericks. I've been saying this constantly. I know the Mavericks are bad versus bad teams. They are an inconsistent squad. This was an important game for them tonight. Like this was a game that they, this is a competent team who is trying to win. They have new Orleans, they have Mm -hmm. Toronto and they have Minnesota, by the way, one of very few teams who does not have a back-to-back remaining. Most teams have a back-to-back new Orleans, Toronto, Minnesota, new Orleans, no Zion, no reason to play Toronto, no reason to play Minnesota, no reason to play. Although I know they still are competing, Yep. But just all three teams that don't have anything to play for. The Pelicans are still alive. They are? Oh yes. If the Spurs go. Oh, geez. Come on. Not yeah. really. Maybe. No, okay. Serious. You're right. But, but yeah. the game's tomorrow, so they'll still have to play it. But uh, The Spurs close with Phoenix on a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. And then they've got um, – they've got. I think they have another back-to-back this week. So, like, it's it's brutal. Um, the Spurs schedule, like them going on four is not out of the question. Like the, the Pelicans are not super alive, but they're alive enough. And I just think that the Mavericks are inconsistent enough. Like they didn't just like get beat by the, by the Grizzlies. They got smacked by Memphis Ooh, and they're just an, got shut down. Yeah. They're an inconsistent team. Um, also, I really want to know what's going to happen because Luca took a really nasty spill on concrete. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, played through horrible it. Horrible second half. Horrible second half in that game. So yeah. So I wonder if they were going to have to rest them because they do have a, a playoff spot, um, or a play-in spot at least locked. Okay. So this is the bigger question though, because everyone's kind of overlooking this. The Nuggets are one game back of the Clippers with tiebreaker. Okay. Yep. I don't know that you can risk, like there's talk tonight. Like MPJ was like, if Joker's not resting, I'm not resting. I I just really got to be clear about this. If you are the Nuggets, you should really not try and win either of the next two games. Like, I'm not, I understand that it's like pride and they don't want to duck team. I get it. I'm just saying like, look. They, first of all, yes, they do. I mean, let's not pretend they haven't done this the last two years. They, they have. The, the players aren't responsible for that. <laughs> like they, 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 they rest the players. And like, we've heard, you have heard this. Like we've heard they were kind of discontent about it a couple of times. Like weren't super thrilled with like ducking these teams. Um, but like, look, the upside is just enormous. If you, if you wind up in the three, there is a not terrible chance based off of what we talked about earlier that you wind up in the three, six versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Not only that, if you are in the four, there's a pretty decent chance. The Clippers are up against the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. If Which is what you want. It's a double yeah. whammy. You avoid yeah. them and you send them to eliminate one of the teams that is favored to come out the West. It's yes. Perfect. Yes. It's awesome. Um, if you if they fall to seven, right? Like if if it's Lakers in the seven, you still want the four yep. because you avoid the Lakers all the way until the Western Conference Finals. If you make it that far, you like there Lakers matchup in the second round, which is again perfect. Yes, like there is there is zero. Uh, I can tell you this after looking at the board, there is zero upside at this point in time to the Denver Nuggets securing the number three seed in the Western Conference. It is not worth it it does not get you anything the only thing it gets you is if in the two seven the lakers were to knock off the suns then you would have to play the lakers and you'd have home court congratulations no like they need to stay the four seed i honestly based off of the teams that they're facing don't know how they're going to do it like you think i don't know oh well the yeah the clippers also have a terrible schedule though houston and oklahoma city are the best tankers in all of the nba right now and then they have Charlotte, who Denver just beat. So that's the one game. Yep. But Denver needs to lose one. They could. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. No, I'm saying it's fine. My only thing with these things is when we start, do, when you go down the road of like, oh, well, look who they're playing. It's just, I've done this so often. You cannot count on teams beating like there that one night when Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., decide because the Rockets are going to have the word like they are already they've already clinched like best yeah position. They, yeah exactly yeah they could they're going to have the best lottery odds yeah. they can play it's not going to hurt them so like that you know that one night and they've also like, lost six in a row but you are right your point remains and like look if you're the Clippers you're aware of this too I know well that's what I wanted to ask you do yeah. you think the Clippers are going to tank down the stretch I mean because they have to the Clippers cannot be excited about possibly matching up with the Lakers, especially in the first round, but maybe in the second round too. I think the Clippers are more likely, like they can more plausibly rest without either drawing the ire of the, because I'll say this, uh, the league is not super crazy about when teams do this. They don't love that. They specifically hate the idea of teams purposely throwing games. They hate that idea. Um, And so like, there's a lot of like 
angry memos and threats that get thrown around if they think that you're doing that. It doesn't matter because you can't prove it. Like you can just be like, we're two games from the playoffs. I'm not on national TV. I'm resting my guys. No. I mean, yeah, back tightness, hamstring tightness. It's just too yeah. hard to say and you're lying. I mean, yeah. So that's the thing is, but I do think like, look, Kawhi's, Kawhi is legitimately dealing with it with a hand injury. So I think Kawhi probably like Kawhi won't play. And then it's like, you just don't play Kawhi. And pe- I mean, the Clippers have, have beaten teams without those guys, but you probably said those two, Reggie Jackson, and then like Zubac. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're the Clippers though, like, yeah, like you don't have any sort of ins- now, but here's the, okay. Here's the other side of this though. This is the trap for the Clippers. The Suns, who have a considerably harder schedule because they play the Spurs twice and they play the Blazers. That's their final three, right? Um, Sans, the, the Suns, after the loss tonight, the Clippers have tiebreaker and they're only two back. Yeah. So the Clippers can win. And if the Suns were to stumble and trip, the Clippers can find themselves in the two seed. The problem is right now that That's means the Lake. Yeah. So like there's gonna be jockeying. Like I actually uh, think it'll be hilarious. I I do think teams are gonna try. I mean, would Phoenix possibly try to tank out of the two? Does the Clippers tank out of the three? I think somebody is going to go for this, and I can't wait to find out who it is. I don't think it's Denver. I I do think Denver probably wins two of their last three, one or two of their last three just by trying. And the only one I think I could see them tanking is that last Portland game if it puts the Lakers in the play-in. I have a let's let's take the Lakers out of this equation. Okay if it's Sunday and if Denver wins the Mavericks are the five seed. And if Denver loses the Blazers are the five seed, what's Denver's mm-hmm. approach. It's such a good question. I kind of feel like that's going to be on the table. I think that's a, there's a good chance that happens. I think the approach is, is probably that if it doesn't matter for Denver, they probably don't approach that game with playoff intensity. Cause I don't think you run from Portland. But and I, you can't really show your hand versus Portland because Denver doesn't have that many cards to play. So they probably lose that game because it's in Portland and it's just they just lose it naturally, but not from tanking. Okay. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then you definitely like you just take that one off. Yeah. I think that's kind of the thing is like, what do you what do you have to gain from that game? Yeah. If, unless you are like, unless your determination and like, trust me, the 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 Nuggets have this both their both their analytics department and their scouting department have full reports on both Blazers, oh, for sure, Mavericks, and Lakers right now. Yep. And so, like, they are able to review those and be like, you know what, we match up better with X. And that will, I think, guide some of the decision making. So, what do you, who would you rather have? I wind up back with Dallas. Me too. I, I think clearly. Last year's team, no. I was more scared of last year's team for Denver because they were a better three-point shooting team. They had more weapons. Um, they sacrificed weapons for balance this year, and it hasn't worked out. Like they were more dangerous when it was just Luca with insane shooting. Yeah. Um, I, I look at Portland and the way that Portland has played since they hit rock bottom. Like after the Grizzlies just absolutely stomped them to win tiebreaker. Portland has been lights out. They yeah, they've cream, four four-game winning streak right now, longest they, in the West. They killed the Pacers. They killed the Grizzlies. Um, I forget who else they beat. It's actually the longest in the NBA, believe it or not. Kind of yeah. wild. They've uh, they've been great. The Warriors have been great too. Um, uh, so let me. I have a couple more for you right here. 
the Lakers versus Suns, who are you taking in that series if it were to happen? I'm got, probably going to take Lakers. Me too. Like, well, the problem is, like, I don't think the game the other night was indicative of what the matchup actually looks like. I will say this. I have a couple, I have a growing concern about Phoenix on two levels. Um, one, you know, I've talked about how Utah peaked too early, right? Yeah. I wonder if the Suns peaked a little early, just like, a, just like February instead of, I think if they peaked in March, you're okay. But I think they peaked a little early. That Lakers team can really defend too. And I mean, that that's just the thing is in the playoff series, especially if you're talking about a bunch of first timers, what happens if in game one, you score 91 points? Where does your confidence go if you're Devin Booker in your first playoff game, you're six of 21, 22? So the the, the other problem is the Suns defensive rating over the last like 15 Oh, I saw this. Oh, man. Is like 23rd in the league. That's, They're that's so crazy. Fun. And like the one thing you can't do is give the Lakers an opportunity to score because they struggle at it. Um, the other thing is you mentioned Booker, like the young guys. Here's the other thing: Monty Williams seems really tied to Kaminsky. Like he and like I, I respect the guy. Like I respect Frank and think that he's been a good vet and has filled in admirably after bouncing around and has done good things for what they need. But like they are going to need to play Dario Saric at five and switch everything. And I do not know if Monty yeah, Williams is prepared to do it. Like it's the only way to do it. Like if, unless they play Drummond. <laughs> I would take the Lakers so hard. Yeah. So like that's, that, that's where I come down on it is like, I, I, I think that there's a path for the Suns to be able to beat them, but also I don't think that the Suns will find that path. Yeah. I, I'll tell you. And one other thing that I noticed, cause you just watched this Lakers game. The playoffs are probably going to be as physical as that Knicks Lakers game was. And that is such an enormous advantage for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. I hate the NBA. I have no idea how it's supposed to be officiated. That game right there was a slugfest, both teams, because both teams like to get physical. And it was just like, you watch that game and then you watch, you know, a Warriors Blazers game. And you think these are two different sports. What are we talking about here? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's like, do you set the tone for the physicality? So true. Like that's, that's a lot of it is like, if you set the tone, if you go out there like this, and honestly, I'll say this like too, that this is one of the problems with like dogging in the regular season. You want to know why the Knicks are able to play that way is because the Knicks do it every damn game. They know what you're going, like you've built a reputation, you know, what's going in. Like this is, this is how they play. And like when, when teams just like, you're like, Oh yeah, we're just gonna get through this game and go through a jog and Oh, you're shooting another three. Okay. Like if you don't go up and body dudes, then when you try and do it, you're going to get called. Yeah, that's part of it. So um, I will say, like, I love that game. I love Suns Warriors. That was a great game. Um, I loved like the Bulls were trying to make a massive comeback versus like the play in is so incredible. Adam, that's the best. It's the it's best. So, all these games we're talking about. All of these games matter and they're all competitive. Like the Pacers got a absolutely monster win versus the Sixers tonight. An absolute monster win. Locked a play-in spot for them. They not. They're not going to miss the postseason after everything that's going on with their coach. They're in a spot where they might be able to move up all the way up to like eighth. The difference between eighth and ninth is just astronomical. You get twice as many shots at yeah. making a playoff spot. Yep. It's totally awesome. Um, and I, I will say it's it's awesome. But man, is it going to be stressful for Nuggets fans when the Nuggets are in it? Because these teams that are sweating these games are just like, oh my god. Well, I, another one, and I know, you know, I know you're not a Warriors guy, 
but Warriors Utah, if that ends up being the matchup, how do you feel about? I've that? wondered about this one forever. Um, I need to dig in. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Like that's one yeah. where I'm not willing to say like where I'm at because I got to go back and watch what the matchups By the are. By the way, Donovan Mitchell is gonna make his return in the playoffs. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. That's dicey. Um, oh, so there's, there's a couple. There's a couple things here. Um, one, my tendency is to be like, "Oh God, Utah's going to get annihilated." Because if you play drop coverage versus Curry, what what's going to happen to you? I don't. I, uh, annihilated's the, crazy though. Utah Utah's a really good team. I, I think I don't think annihilated. No, I mean defensively though. Like they can oh. score with them, but yeah, like if you yeah. if you, if you give Steph if if you play drop versus Steph like if you give the best shooter of all time a, a th- you know, a wide open three, but like, they won't do that. They'll try other kind of stuff. Um, they have some schemes that they've tried. I was talking to some of the jazz guys today that they've tried, but like, it, that's going to be a challenge for them. The, the, the big, the narrative about them is that they are 12 and five since Wiseman went down. Right. So, and I think Ubre was in that too. Right. Um, it's basically like those guys were dragging them down and without them, they've been really good. Um, they are, however, in that stretch, they are just three and two, or I'm sorry, they are four and two versus teams over 500 in that stretch. And you know, where two of those wins came from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From Denver. So, I, just, I, look, I just think that Warriors team is, is scary. Utah looks shaky. I mean, the health thing is, is really shaky and there is a scenario where the one and two seeds fall out West. It's just but, crazy to think um, here, but here's, what's crazy though, is like, this is the big question with that series, honestly. As good as Steph is, I don't know if the Warriors can put up enough points. Like, the Warriors' defense is great. The Jazz have so many shooters. Like, Conley, Bogdanovich, Ingles, Clarkson, O'Neal, Mitchell. Like, they their rotation is almost yang. Like, their rotation is all guys that can hit threes, you know? And they just bomb. And for the Warriors as tough like they're a really they're the warriors model is tough defense steph goes nuts like that's it like that they're a pretty easy team to understand play great defense steph goes nuts like tonight wiggins went for 40 right i happens congrats but you know that but that like that's the question is honestly is can the Warriors produce enough offense with like JTA, which I will say, do you remember when Toscano Anderson, like that little like kerfuffle with the nuggets? Yeah. Yeah. I, not he, he's, he runs his mouth a lot. <laughs> That's a, that guy, which honestly I got to respect it because he said like Draymond was like this, a young guy that just won't take shit from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You got to respect it. But boy, like I'm waiting for him to, to run into like a, uh, I bet I bet that he is at the, the center of a con of a kerfuffle yeah. in a playoff series. Um, do you have a preference on on Mavs Blazers? Yeah, it's Mavs. I mean, I I, yeah. I just think you have a guy that can guard Luca and Aaron Gordon. You have nobody on that team that can guard Jokic. He can have a great series. Um, I just I, I trust Denver. To, I I like Denver a lot in that one. Portland is just such an X factor. We do t- the way that this has been talked about. I do have to like <laughs> stress this. Uh, because the way it's been talked about is if the Lakers fall to seven, that they're going to be the seventh seed. Right. And yep. like, yep. okay, we just talked about how good the Warriors are. Yep. If, you know, Steph goes supernova and LeBron isn't all the way back and AD has a night where he falls down more times than he gets calls, then 
the Lakers lose and they fall to the eight seed and they play the Jazz. And the yeah. Jazz, after everything, get the Lakers in round one. But that also means that the Nuggets would have likely the Los Angeles Lakers waiting right. in round two. So honestly, the, this is part of it is I think if you're a Nuggets fan, you want the Nuggets to not you want the Nuggets to fall to four and you want the Lakers in six. That's where you want the Lakers. Don't mind. I mean, one way or another, you're going to have to beat some good teams. Yep. You know, we'll see it. It's just, I just love that every night we get to talk about this because every night there's some kind of upset that changes the odds and changes everything. And tomorrow, I had, <laughs> if we look ahead right now, we look at it, Trailblazers Jazz tomorrow. I don't know who's going to win that. Yeah. That's a coin flip with Utah as shorthanded as they are. That's a coin flip. And that could really change the balance of power in, in terms of who's going to get the five or four. And then you have Pelicans Mavericks, which I think the Mavericks will win, but it's a back-to-back. They didn't look good tonight. And like you said, the Pelicans still have a tiny bit of hope. So Tomorrow night, we could have to do this conversation all over again. Probably will, and I will love it. Uh, I had to figure out a four-way tie between the Pacers, Wizards, Hornets, and Celtics tonight. That was what I had to do with my – I was like, oh, crap, I actually have to figure this out. So I'm, I'm deciphering all of these things. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us the five-star reviews. They matter to us so much. Check us out on Twitter at Locked on Nuggets. We really appreciate you guys listening to the show. It's uh, – it's getting to be that time, man. Uh, the NBA play-in tournament starts a week from tonight when we were recording this. The NBA playoffs begin in about 10 days from when you're hearing this. When so, is the first playoff games? Friday? Uh, playoff or play-in? Playoff. Playoff is Saturday. So okay. the tournament is expected to go... The play-in tournament goes from Tuesday until... Tuesday likely, and Thursday? Uh, until likely Friday, actually. Tuesday and Friday. Huh. No, t- like Tuesday through Friday. There'll be games two. There'll be games three days out of four. So oh, they're staggering them that way. Yeah, uh, they haven't released a final schedule yet, though. So okay. we'll see how they go. And then, so that is one thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't affect the Nuggets, but the one, uh, the one and two seeds, the one seeds rather, the one seeds won't know who they're playing until Friday night. Ridiculous. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. Thanks for joining us. Good win by the Nuggets. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Thanks for joining us on Lockdown Nuggets. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.